Amen. We're going to turn together this evening to the Gospel of Matthew and to the chapter 26. The Gospel of Matthew and the chapter 26. I'm going to read a portion together. And my thoughts tonight around God's Word will be brief, and then we will get to our season of prayer. Matthew's Gospel, the chapter 26, and moving down that chapter to the verse 36. And we come here to that place called Gethsemane. Some time ago, maybe even a number of years ago, I preached a short series on the Lord in Gethsemane. It is a very powerful portion of Scripture, a portion of Scripture that is to be prayed over carefully, some very deep things uh, when the Lord was in Gethsemane. But there's just a little phrase tonight that is here in this passage that has stood out, and I want us to consider it for a few moments together. And so Matthew chapter 26 and the verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Amen. We land there at verse 46. And may the Lord bless the reading of this portion of Scripture to each of our hearts. I would draw your attention this evening to the words of verse 39. And we read there, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. 
Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And in particular, those words at the beginning of verse 39, where it says concerning the Savior, and he went a little further. He went a little further. And tonight we think about going further in prayer, going further in the place of prayer. Here the dark hours of Calvary were approaching the Savior. The darkness of Calvary is over him now as a shadow. He has already warned his disciples what lay ahead. And he has told them that he is going to be leaving them, that his departure from them is drawing near. He has brought them also words of comfort to try and encourage their hearts. And he goes now to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he goes there to pray. And he takes with him that little inner circle, that band of disciples, the three of them, Peter, James, and John. And they accompany the Savior into the garden, and they're going there with the purpose of prayer. And he encourages that little band of disciples to watch with him and to pray with him. But here in our text of Scripture, verse 39, it gives us this detail that the Savior went a little further. And so the disciples there remained in the same place, but the Savior went a little further. And I want just to use that phrase of Scripture to challenge our hearts this evening by way of prayer and of going a little further in the place of prayer. We couldn't overemphasize the value of prayer. Robert Murray McShane is the one who said, what a man is on his knees before God, that he is and no more. Similarly, Leonard Ravenhill said, no man is greater than his prayer life. No man is greater than his prayer life. And how vital and how important is our prayer with the Lord. But we could all testify tonight, prayer is not easy. And prayer is a battle. And therefore we need to be encouraged and we need to be exhorted to pray. And when we look into the prayer life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you could get no greater example in the place of prayer than the Savior himself. And we see that example before us in this passage of Scripture and in the verse 39 where it tells us, and he went a little further. And just to think tonight about going further in the place of prayer. What sort of prayer is it where we could say we're going further in prayer? Well, in looking here at the Lord Jesus Christ and his prayer, we can see it was firstly a solitary prayer. In verse 39 it says, And he, 
that is he by himself and he went a little farther just himself Peter, James, and John are there, but they remain in the one place, but it's the Lord who's going further. In the Gospel of Luke, and the chapter 22, and it's the parallel portion of Scripture, it tells us in the verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. And so when he went a little farther, it was a stone throw. Now you say, well, how far is that? Well, it depends who's throwing the stone as to how far that's going to be. But we would use that expression today. It's just a stone throw. And so he went a little farther about a stone throw away from the others. And there he's deeper into the garden and he's alone. And the Lord Jesus Christ is showing us here that example of solitary prayer, of getting alone before the Father. It's good for us tonight to have public prayer, and it's tremendous to see you at the Tuesday night prayer meeting. And we can come together collectively as a congregation, as a band of God's children, and we can have corporal prayer together but that's no substitute for personal private prayer. And we should follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ to get alone before the Father in heaven. He went a little farther. If you turn over just a few pages in your Bible to Mark chapter 1, and in Mark chapter 1, just look down there to the verse 35, And here it concerns the Savior again and his prayer life. Mark 1 and the verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And we're speaking about solitary prayer. And here's the solitary place that the Lord goes to. And that word solitary is referring to a lonely place, to an uninhabited place, a place where there's no one else, a place where there's no other prop and there's no other refuge. And that's the place that the Lord Jesus wanted to find where he could get alone in prayer with his Father in heaven. And how often we read of the Lord resorting to that place, to the solitary place. When we think about that tonight in prayer, that's just the individual and the Lord. Getting alone before the Lord and being willing to go a little farther in the place of prayer making progress in the place of prayer and advancing in the place of prayer. There's an example in the Old Testament scriptures of that solitary prayer. It's in the life of Jacob and in Genesis chapter 32. And in the context of Genesis chapter 32, it concerns the prospect of Jacob meeting his brother Esau 
And it's after those years that he has spent away from him. And as he's now returning, he's fearing his brother. And he's fearing here for his very life. And in Genesis chapter 32, there are certain things that we read off there from verse 22. It says of Jacob, and he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And so it appears that everything, whether it's the family or whether it's possessions, everything he has, he has sent on before. And in verse 24 it says, And Jacob was left alone. There he is, he's alone. And that verse goes on to say, And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And it's widely accepted by Bible commentators that Jacob here had a meeting with the Lord. And here it tells us that he wrestled with the Lord. There wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Verse 25, And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And there was Jacob, and while initially he was resisting the Lord, and the Lord was wrestling with him, he came to that point where he held on to the Lord. And he would not let go of the Lord. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. In the verse 30 of that chapter, Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face. He got alone and he met with the Lord, met face to face with the Lord, and he cried out to the Lord for his blessing. And Jacob was a changed man after that encounter. Jacob's very walk changed. His walk was never the same again, going further, going further with the Lord in prayer. It was a solitary prayer. If you look at our text of Scripture again, you can see, secondly, it was a steadfast prayer. Matthew 26 and the verse 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. He fell on his face and prayed. And the details are given in our Bible reading this evening of the circumstances that surrounded here this prayer where the Lord falls on his face and he prays to the Father in heaven. And it would indicate to us that there was intensity and there was passion in this prayer. Verse 37 of our Bible reading The end of that verse says of the Lord that he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Sorrowful and very heavy. In fact, in verse 38 it says, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful 
even on to death. And those words are describing to us something of the great weight, the great burden, the great load that was coming upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the cup of suffering that is before the Savior, knowing that he would have to drink the cup of the wrath of God. It would be poured out upon him, and he's under such a tremendous load that he brings it to the Father in prayer. The sorrow the heaviness, the burden, and the load. And he falls down before the Father on his face and he prays. That would have been persevering prayer. Oh, as he is steadfast here, he's really laying hold upon the Father in prayer. When you compare Scripture with Scripture, Over in Hebrews, the chapter 5 and the verse 7, the apostle adds a further detail into the prayer life of the Savior. And he says of him in chapter 5 of Hebrews and the verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard, and that he feared. It was with strong crying and tears. Oh, there's a passionate, persevering prayer. What an example the Savior is here. It's steadfast prayer. He's going a little further in the place of prayer. I refer just a moment or two ago to the Gospel of Luke, the parallel passage in Luke chapter 22. And listen to the words in verse 44. It says of the Savior, And being in an agony, he prayed. And so he's sorrowful. He's in heaviness. It's an exceeding sorrow, even unto death. There's strong crying. There's tears. And now Luke tells us he's in agony. This was surely a steadfast prayer. But being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat, his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Can we imagine the Savior here in Gethsemane in the place of prayer? And all of the circumstances that are coming to bear upon the Lord Jesus Christ where he's in agony and as he sweats, his sweat was great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He's going further. He's going further in the place of prayer. It was a time of steadfast prayer. We would want to be steadfast in the place of prayer. Oh, we could never go as far as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But oh, that we would be, as the apostle exhorts, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and that we would know what it is to make progress in the place of prayer and that we could go a little further. A solitary prayer a steadfast prayer, and thirdly, a submissive prayer. 
a submissive prayer. Our text of Scripture gives us a little of the Savior's prayer. And he says, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. They're words of submission. Submission of the Son to the Father and to the Father's will. And in fact, it's recorded that on three occasions the Savior would pray this submissive prayer. Verse 39 is the first time. And then when you look on in our Bible reading to the verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Thy will be done. There's the second time. It's a submissive prayer. Then while the words are not repeated, verse 44 tells us that he prayed it again. And he left them and went away again. This is the third time. And he prayed the third time saying the same words. And so three times over, there's this prayer of submission. And three, the number three in the Bible is the number of completion or the number of perfection. The Savior praying this same prayer three times is indicating to us a complete and a perfect submission to the Father's will. There's a total resignation to the Father's will. That's what it is to go further in the place of prayer. And as we come before the Lord even tonight, may we have that submissive heart that we would be willing to submit ourselves to the sovereign will of God and to say, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Over in First John, and with this tonight I finish in First John chapter 5 and the verse 14, John writes, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And the key there within that verse is according to his will. That's where we need to be to go further with the Lord in prayer, that while we're asking, that we're asking according to his will, we're submissive to the divine will of God. We're not always willing to go further. We're maybe not always wanting to go further. Maybe sometimes we get to the place where we would say, I've gone far enough. Gone far enough in the place of prayer. Gone far enough in practical holiness and godly living gone far enough in my service for the Lord? Could we say tonight we're willing to go a little farther? And may the Lord bless this challenge to each of our hearts this evening. We'll sing a couple of verses of a hymn together.
And it's the hymn 412, the hymn numbered 400.